Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, Ooh. not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called According to his purpose Purpose It's his purpose Not mine We are now in the book of Jonah Jonah the first chapter and the first verse reads this way The word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it Because its wickedness has come up before me But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such violent a storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell asleep into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That ends our reading for today. Whenever I read the story of Jonah, I think of Jesus and Joseph. Why? Because Jesus was put in a grave and it appeared to be a setback. But the grave was included in the plans for resurrection. Joseph was placed in a cistern 
but his pit stop was necessary to get him to the palace where he would reign as the second in command. The grave was something people put Jesus in. The pit was something people put Joseph in, but the well was something Jonah put himself in. What do you do when you are responsible for your own wilderness? What do you do when you can't blame anyone else but yourself? What do you do when you quiet yourself long enough to admit I lost the job because I was always showing up late? I ruined the marriage because I had never, ever committed to anything. I missed the deadline because I was busy spending most of my time on social media. Can I get a few honest people to assess the highs and lows of your life and admit this one was on me? It wasn't the devil. It wasn't God. This one is on me. I chose to date him and then marry him and never bothered to ask for God's permission. This one is on me. I chose to unblock her even when I knew she wasn't worth my time. This one is on me. And there are moments in my life where I must confess I, Sean Saunders, was my greatest enemy. So now that we are being honest, let's go even deeper. What do you do when you ask God to take it away? And when he does, you still chase after it. Thank God Jonah was written in the Bible so we would know we aren't the only ones guilty of the old same cycle. Don't beat yourself up. You're listening to this because you are on your way out. You're listening to this because you've had enough living a life that hasn't served you. You're listening to my voice and reading these words because the same way God provided a huge fish for Jonah, God created the 90 day challenge for you. I declare that you will not be who you were when you started this. This is a divine moment. This is your turn around season between day 45 and day 46, the literal halfway point of this challenge. God wants you to know I see you. I hear you. You're not in this by yourself. I'm faithful to my word. I promise to perform everything I said. You, my friend, are a word out of God's mouth. His track record is too good to let you down. He is the valedictorian of our lives. So why would God fail you now? Jonah, God is providing a way of escape for you. Listen to the scripture once again. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah's story shows us that when we mess up our own lives, God is faithful to get us back to where we belong. Jonah was told to go to Nineveh to correct a group of wayward people. Instead, he goes to Tarshish to turn up. Jonah was guilty of self-sabotage. Like Jonah, many of us have gotten in our own way. And there are four ways someone can self-sabotage their own success. The first is by misdirection. I'll never forget when I purchased a pre-owned car in college. The car was spotless and no one knew from the outside that someone else had driven it before me. Based on the exterior paint and the interior presentation, everything was amazing. But the GPS in this new car had not been updated in over five years. So I was driving a new car with an old GPS. If anything new was built, I couldn't see it, nor would the satellite detect it because I was driving a new thing with an expired guide. I was new, but the GPS was not. I wonder how many of us have lost our way all because of misdirection. But let me move on. Another way we can self-sabotage is by procrastination. 
As an adjunct professor, I can't tell you how many students I have taught over the last 12 years of my life who submit great work and still fail. Not because they didn't do it, but because they didn't submit it on time. I wonder if procrastination is the reason you are not excelling. Are you telling your time where to go or are you succumbing to the temptation to hit the snooze button one more time? To watch one more episode, to go out with friends, to distract you from what you know you need to be doing. But let me move on. Another way that we can self-sabotage is by indecisiveness. I cannot stand going out with my friend Lance. Yes, Lance, I am calling you out. It happens the same way all of the time. The menu comes out. We are ready to order. But Lance, oh Lance, he comes to Applebee's and has a taste for wings. But by the time the host escorts us to our seat, Lance sees something on someone else's plate and says, mm, that looks so good. Now, Lance is envying someone else's meal and vacillating between the quesadillas, the wings and the house salad with a side of salmon. Hmm. I wonder how many of us start our day clear about what God is calling us to do. But when we scroll through someone else's social media page or when we see someone else's life on television, we switch from what God said to us in order to covet what God said to someone else. Now, like Lance, we can't eat, we can't sleep, we can't think and get this. We are holding up everyone else at our table all because we cannot make a decision. But what we don't realize is that even indecision is a decision. And the longer you vacillate between one thing and another, the longer you will be stuck in neutral. Yes, I see you. You are sitting behind the wheel of your car, but getting nowhere. Okay, let me move on. The final way that we self-sabotage is through plain old disobedience. The prodigal son was promised an inheritance that he demanded out of season. The money was held up until he was mature enough to manage it. But whenever we demand our inheritance prematurely, we forfeit our ability to manage it well. So we squander what God wanted us to steward all because we asked for the blessing out of season. And anything given to you out of season becomes like milk. It does a body good pre-expiration, but it makes you sick post-expiration. But here's the good news. God's sovereign power can get you back to where you belong. No matter how far you have strayed from God, worshiper, God is chasing after you. You can run, but you cannot hide. God was so adamant about Jonah winning that he orchestrated a whale to show up to save him from himself. I love the message version of Jonah 2, 1 through 10. It says this, then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. He prayed in trouble, deep trouble. I prayed to God. He answered me from the belly of the grave. I cried, help. You heard my cry. You threw me into ocean's depths in a watery grave with ocean waves, ocean breakers crashing over me. I said, I've been thrown away thrown out out of your sight. I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held tight. My head was all tangled in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root. I was as far down as a body can go and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. Yet you pulled me up from that grave alive. Oh God, my God, when my life was slipping away, 
I remembered God and my prayer got through to you. Thank you, Jesus. Made it all the way to your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I'm worshiping you. God calling out in thanksgiving and I'll do what I promised I'd do. Salvation belongs to God. Then God spoke to the fish and it vomited up Jonah on the seashore. Y'all, this is too, too good to me. Did you notice that the first time we see Jonah praying is when he is in the belly of a whale? Did you realize that pre-whale, Jonah was talking to people, but in the whale, Jonah had to talk with God. Worshippers, I have a question for you. What if God allowed certain things to swallow you up to get you back on your knees? What if God allowed you to hit rock bottom so you could be reintroduced to the rock in a weary land? I want you to know, there is a cry that God hears that he rapidly runs to respond to. Here is another observation that teaches us something. Jonah was in the whale for three days, and according to biblical scholars, it took three days to get to Nineveh. But when God is in it, God will make up for the time you lost. The first days, the first three days was for Jonah to see grace. The next three days was for Nineveh to experience grace and for Jonah to preach it. Before God brings you out to someone else's house to clean their home, God will always take you on a journey to clean your own. The first stage is training. The second stage is teaching. And I just happen to believe that God is orchestrating situations in your life to save you from yourself. The same way God used a prison for Joseph and the same way God used the grave for Jesus, God is using whatever he can get his hands on to get your attention. The final thing I'll say, and then I'm going to shout, is this. Jonah's story teaches three practical lessons. First, Jonah teaches us that when God has a calling for you, even when you hang up, he'll call you back. Second, Jonah teaches us that when God has you on a mission, what you call an early exit is just intermission. And finally, Jonah's story teaches us that God is going to give you the grace to finish strong, even when you have done him wrong. In other words purpose went backward. I want to define calling again as the echo that you hear even as a child, even when you are going in the opposite direction. And then I want you to own when you've been Jonah. Maybe you didn't pay to get on a boat, but certainly calling will hire a whale to get your attention on that boat. And maybe you didn't go to Tarshish when you should have gone to Nineveh, but you did go to law school when you should have gone to seminary. Either way, the calling will haunt you when you least expect it. So today I want you to admit when you've had a Jonah moment and how God still used a pivot to point you in the direction of purpose. Framed. You paved the way for me to meet love face to face And I was a slave in the abyss of sin's grave Jesus, you came to save my day You gave your whole life I gave my half heart But broken I come 
focused I come, ready I come. Show me in to the place where I am safe. Show me in to the place where guilt meets grace. I need a front row seat at your feet, bowing. Sin, but became sin for men and women who would one day forget you. And you knew no wrong, but you still learned my song. So one day I would have a place to belong. You gave your whole life, I gave my half part. But broken I come, surrendered I come. Ready, I come to the place where I am safe. To the place where guilt meets grace. I need a front row seat at your. Usher 